You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. Instant reaction to Sunday Night Football Week Two. The Dolphins just beat the Patriots 24 to 17. How are you guys doing, fellas? And what do you think of the game? I'm doing pretty damn good. Dolphins come out with the W. Andrew Velez on his picks this week, 12 and 2 so far. We'll see how the week ends up. My two losses this week, man, on two blatant, blatant no calls. Hutchinson does not get does not get that call when the offensive lineman's blatantly holding them. Geno goes and throws the game winning touchdown. And then Corlin Sutton so so obviously was interfered with. And the Broncos don't convert the two-point conversion. Other than that, I'm amazing. My legacy was on the line today. And my brother DJ lifted me up. I'm doing great. <laughs> now, listen, I, I muted Dells while you're talking because Dells, right now your, your mic's giving some feedback, like just some hissy noises. That's why. How you doing, John? You know, the Steelers didn't play today, so I, I couldn't be disappointed. I'm doing well, fellas, and I'm excited to be here. Now, listen, while Dells figures out his thing, he's working on it right now. We're going to get him back soon. Week two had a lot to like, and on this show, we're going to recap Dolphins and Patriots. That's going to be the main thing. We're going to talk about which teams we are concerned about that have started 0-2, and then to show love to the other teams that played on Sunday Night Football, we're going to talk about the best moments, our favorite ones of week two. So starting off with this Dolphins win 24 to 17, 17 to three at the at, at halftime, the Dolphins were winning. It felt like the Dolphins were in full control of this game. I thought the Patriots defensive game plan was interesting for the Dolphins. It's something I've been looking forward to seeing all week long. We finally saw it and Bill Belichick opted to have three safeties back to prevent the deep ball and really control those, those motion concepts that, the, the Dolphins love running. And due to that, Tyreek Hill ran 1.4 yards run per route, his lowest since joining Miami. But Tua counteracted that by having the fourth quickest time to throw in a game since 2020 at 2.00 seconds. This game felt like a full 180 to me because early into his career, the thing he was great at was passing the ball underneath. Last year, he's one of the best, most efficient deep ball passers. This year, that Dolphins offense, you fear the deep ball. So now Belichick, it's a full 180 moment that we're taking away what once was something that Tua got knocked for. And Tua underneath was a machine throwing a football in the first half. And then, of course, having three safeties back. There's less bodies in a run game. And Raheem Moser, 18 carries, 121 yards, two touchdowns. You know, the Dolphins really had a great game plan against this defense, running to the outside, throwing underneath passes. And to me, the Dolphins in the second half, even though their offense stalled out, the Patriots' turnovers are really the reason why they weren't in this game to, to end it, really, in terms of just like a field goal game. Because in the first half, you have the DeMario Douglas fumble. In the fourth quarter, you have the Mac Jones interception in the red zone. 
I just felt like those two costly turnovers were the reason why the Patriots were never able to get back in the game. And this is a team that they got a great defense, but they can't start off slow. They started off slow, and Miami, you're just not going to beat them if you don't have the offense to compete. Not going to disagree with a lot of what you said. I think first half, Tua came out, he was absolutely unbelievable. The offense was clicking. You mentioned it. They wanted to take away the deep ball. Tua understands, hey, my bread and butter is that intermediate. You want to take away the deep ball, I could live here, and we can move this offense. He was extremely efficient, I believe. One drive, he went six for six that they capped off with a touchdown. You already mentioned it. Raheem Moster was absolutely excellent getting into the end zone twice. But this offense kind of stalled out in the halfway point of the third and really onto the fourth. They had that one drive where Tua goes, throws the, the moon ball that gets intercepted, intercepted by Christian Gonzalez. An excellent play made by him. Really good read. Just a bad ball by Tua. Really like the only... Aaron pass that I saw from him. I saw some throws from Tua where kind of hit the receivers in their hand, didn't catch it. Waddle comes to mind to Tyree kills coming off the break. He kind of stumbles. That kind of goes incomplete. That was the ball that I'm looking at. And I really want back. Cause that's the one blemish that I look on at Tua with this game, but he goes, throws that interception. The dolphins defense was the MVP for the dolphins today. They made some key stops. Very, very critical in the, in this game. Tua goes, throws an interception. They go, get the ball right back. First play, 40-yard touchdown, Raheem Mostert. I mean, Dolphins really were tactical, very precise, very, what's the word I'm looking for? Timely, timely, really, really timely. And I'm very, very thrilled with this, of course, because this continues the agenda. 5-0 and now against Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, undefeated. Not many people, not many quarterbacks can say that. And there is at least one team in the AFC East that can say dominates the New England Patriots, but not the cleanest game on offense, but it had to be a smart one. You didn't want to play into Bill Belichick's hand. I feel like that's kind of what happened with that throw to Tyreek Hill. But other than that, I think it was a well-executed game plan. You wanted to to really assert yourself in the run game. They did exactly that, and they came away with this W pretty easily. And on top of that, I felt like this was one of those games where the Dolphins showed you they can win in more ways than just the explosive down-the-field plays. They nearly double New England in rushing. The Patriots, they're supposed to be a team that's reliant on that rushing attack. And they're, again, this year, one of the least efficient rushing teams, just three and a half yards a carry. Whereas the Dolphins are gashing them on the run. And as you guys talked about Raheem, he's added that weight and muscles that he can be more durable. And last year, playing all six, 16 to 17 games, Tua Tunga Vailoa is not taking that eye candy, those deep shots, at least most of them. He had the one to Christian, and he's taking those short to intermediate plays. And the last thing, as you point out, Drew, is too, they got four sacks today. Tua's getting the ball out so quickly, he had just one. So you win the time possession battle, you win the interceptions, the turnover battle, and most importantly, you're kind of just the more complete, well-rounded team. It's it's going to be Miami's division, I think, this year. This is their statement victory versus New England team that first time since 2001, they start off 0-2. I was not born then. So my entire life, we've seen <laughs> these Patriots get off to great starts. But now this Miami team, they're showing they could win in multiple different ways, and that's why I'm feeling pretty good about them right now. Yeah, you know, uh, good for Miami. Uh you know, they do own Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Hopefully this year they get a playoff win. They haven't won since, what, 1990? Oh, says you. Like says you. Um, Calm down. 2010. Well, at least 2010 we got a playoff. We are. Miami we are. One. Um, these last two weeks I've really showed you both sides of Miami, right? Week one they have that high-powered explosive offense outdoing the Chargers. Week two you go to New England. 
The first half offense was clicking. Second half, Bill Belichick made some adjustments and the defense closed it out. Um, but really, personally, I took more away from New England these past two weeks. Um, week one against Philly, I don't think – I know, Joel, you gave them a chance. Riv thought they were going to get blown out, they being New England. I thought it would be closer, but I did think Philly was going to win. But they've gone toe-to-toe with two of what we're expecting to be the best offenses in the NFL in Philly and Miami, and two defenses that we're expecting to be decent too. Maybe not world beaters, but good defenses too. So this tells me New England's, they're not a slouch, right? They're, this is, they're 0-2, but they're not an 0-2 team that I'm looking at saying, like the Jets have in week three saying, oh, 0-2, like this, this should be an easy game. This is a good New England team. They're well coached. They have a good defense. Offensively, they can make timely plays. I think Bill O'Brien's been a big help. We've talked about that all offseason long. But what they're really missing is just an offensive, explosive player. It is, they're missing it so desperately. You just okay. go around the entire NFL. I mean, this is is this the least fearing offense in the NFL with Kendrick Bourne and Hunter Henry and Ramondre Stevenson and Zeke and Mac Jones? Like, Bro, you're not a Kendrick got, like, Bourne guy. Juju. I thought you were a Kendrick Bourne guy. Juju, like I, I like Ramondre. I think he's a good running back, but he's not explosive enough to to rip off 56 yard runs. He's a guy that's going to be a chunk guy. He gets you those 8 to 12. He can run you over more of a bulldozer than someone who's explosive. And you see what Mac Jones does with really limited talents around him. So New England, I, I feel like it's very obvious what their ceiling is. Nobody's really expecting them to get into the playoffs, even a playoff win, especially now that you start 0-2. It's going to be really difficult to climb out of that hole. I think I mentioned on the last show, only 11% of teams that go 0-2 end up making the playoffs. Now you're in a conference that's absolutely loaded. So the ceiling on this team feels very limited. But New England, if they can make a move, whether it's a deadline um, or even next season, I know it's still super early this year, but they have the pieces there. I I believe Mac Jones is good enough to get you to the playoffs. I'm not sure if he's a Super Bowl winning type quarterback, but if they could get an explosive weapon or two, this New England team can compete with the other dogs in the AFC. Mac Jones is good. He is. He He just doesn't have – offensive weapons and bill o'brien's been doing the most to kind of get the most out of this offense it's just mac jones turnovers i feel like they come in very costly moments the turnover in the red zone testing Xavier howard i didn't think that was a good decision but then the first quarter fumble for demario douglas i felt like this was a tale of two halves when it came to the matchup of the patriots defense versus the dolphins offense because in the first half the Dolphins offense were getting their way. The different variations, the different type of plays they can run within the same motion is what makes this Dolphins offense so hard to stop. When Tyreek Hill is moving in the slot, he's motioning. You're worried about the wheel route. Well, you got to worry about that. But throughout this game, we saw that same motion. And then to a target, Waddle on his left side for a smash concept. Then we see a slot screen, which Waddle goes and gets a first down for. There's so many things to take account for. Like Mike McDaniel makes you cover the entire field. And that's what Mm -hmm. makes it so hard for defenses to cover this Dolphins offense. And then in the second half, even though, you know, the defense, the offense for the Dolphins stalled, I mean, you have Jason Sanders whose field goal got blocked. That's on the special teams. Then you had a missed field goal. So the Dolphins were still able to move the chains enough to get into scoring territory. They just didn't do it in touchdowns, but I felt like the looks in the second half were different. Kyle Duggar showing like he's blitzing in an A-gap, dropping back, batting the ball down on that That slant. That was an awesome play. 
And then, you know, ultimately, Tua was taking the underneath stuff all game long. Tried a shot at Tyreek Hill. If he threw it maybe just, you know, a little bit further, it probably is a touchdown. But Christian Gonzalez made a great break on the ball. To me, like the Dolphins did show they can they can win in multiple ways. And the difference between Tua and Jalen Hurts and the reason why Tua fared better against this defense is ultimately because he can throw the ball and get the ball out faster. With Jalen Hurts, you kind of see him second-guessing it a bit, where Tua, it's as soon as it's snapped, I'm hitting whatever I see open based on a defensive coverage. So that's what I felt like the difference was. But, yeah, this Dolphins offense is very hard to stop. It is. And I, I know the sexy conversation is to talk about Tua, the Miami offense. Obviously, it's going to be one of the most – entertaining things that we see all NFL season long, but really the story has to be Miami's defense. <clears throat> Excuse me. Bradley Chubb, who last week Miami fans wanted to, to, to have, have his neck. This guy really was just the talk of Miami Twitter, really because of the contract that they gave him the first round pick. And today, seven total tackles, getting a sack, two total quarterback hits, a forced fumble as well. And then filling in for Jalen Phillips, Van Geichel, going and getting a sack himself. I mean, really, that defensive line was a force to be reckoned with, really made Mac uncomfortable. But to, to give some, some credit where credit is due, Mac Jones really made some nice plays, getting outside the pocket, hitting some solid throws. It's just the one, two mistakes that – can be cleaned up, ended up costing them the game tonight. It's so crazy how the Dolphins can rely on the running game second where he mostly broke off that 43-yard touchdown run, and he looks like all the juice is back from, you know, the defense for the Dolphins was awesome. They were able to stop the run, but to me, you know, I still worry about the defense and the pass defense versus the Chargers. They were encouraging the run. They were dropping back and just not letting Herbert beat them deep. So, but so the game on the ground was not predictable, but you can assume that the Chargers rush offense was going to do well versus this team. You kind of don't have to respect anybody. So they were able to put bodies in the box. Ramondre Stevenson, to me, I like him. He's a bruising back, but like Dells mentioned, he's really not somebody that churns for extra yardage much and somebody that is a threat that you really worry about on the offensive side of the football. The Patriots have had a weapons problem for God knows how long, and even with these limited weapons, I do think they fared well against the Dolphins' defense, and I don't know how the Dolphins' defense is going to look against a more high-powered offense. You don't think charges are high-powered enough? I don't. I don't think the Chargers are high. I mean, against. I mean, to be fair though, they did let up what thirty-four points to. Yeah, yeah. You're expecting a kind of from the mill. I wish. I not wish. I'm not rooting for New England, but I'm surprised Mario Douglas doesn't get more looks. I know he had the fumble uh, first half. I want to say, and if we know Bill Belichick, if he fumbled, he's lucky that he, he's lucky that he even got in the game. <laughs> he did get back Max. in the game in the second half, but he's really the only player I'm looking at. Kendrick Bourne has some speed too that could actually threaten the defense deep. Um, but if he's not going to play, like you said, there, there's really not much. I mean, Devontae Parker led the way with 57 yards and Hunter Henry with 50. Nobody averaged more than 10 yards, 10 yards of reception. It's it just kind of what New England's offense is. And it's kind of like the juxtaposition between how New England's been running their franchise and how Miami's been running their franchise the last few years. Miami went and got the offensive mind head coach. They go and draft one. They go and trade for Tyreek Hill. And New England's over here with Bill Belichick saying, like, I'm just going to do it my way. We're going to get Mac Jones. It's going to be defense. It's going to be run the football. And very predictably, I think we could all see 
all right, that's fine. You'll win seven to nine games and you'll never get over that hump. Bill Belichick without Tom Brady is winning less than 47% of his games. If he's able to adjust to kind of the new school of football, um, which at this point feels like a long shot to him, he's, I mean, Bill Belichick's never going to get fired. We've talked about this in the preseason, but at some point, if I'm Robert Kraft and I'm the owner, especially in my own division, I see Waddle and Hill and Wilson and Stephon Diggs. I have to look at Bill Belichick and say, how are we going to catch up with these guys? Because the method you're trying right now is not working. Yeah, and the conversation. Thornton, though. Hey, man. Pr- I, he's fast. Prayers, about it. prayers. Hopefully, Taekwon can get healthy and back onto the field. <laughs> there was conversation that they were going to bring in D-Hop. That obviously never came into fruition. But to, to continue to add on to your point, the longest play of the day, of the night, I should say, for this Patriots offense Mac. was the Mac, Mac Jones 18-yard <laughs> rush. Outside of that, Ramondre <laughs> ran for 12. And I think the next longest was, oh, excuse me, Devontae Parker had a 14-yard catch. I mean, mm. there, there's really no explosiveness to this offense. And I'm with you. In the NFL nowadays, you need explosiveness. I was here on the last podcast going crazy, saying that the Broncos need some type of explosiveness. If that's the case, then definitely you look at the Patriots. Hey, you got Marvin Mims. Yo, that's why I didn't. I, I didn't want to get ahead of myself. I didn't want to get <laughs> ahead of myself. But at least we have something, whereas to them, their only hope is that Taekwon can come back and provide some kind of spark. And it seems as if not many people are, are still in on Taekwon Thorne and him breaking out in New England. How about that not, last play? Sorry, John, what you got to say? Let's not forget it's not the same page of so offensive line. That was it. How about the last play of the of the game for the Patriots offense? So close. So I close. Think you're throwing me back. <laughs> So close. And it's funny, too, because I, I know a lot of Dolphins fans were saying, oh, isn't it funny how uh, this game ends with uh, Mike Kosicki not being able to get yards after the catch? Last thing I want to say about this game, um, that blocked kick was fucking crazy. I've never seen <laughs> something tough. like that. And I'm mad because, obviously, I'm rooting for the Dolphins. I want the Dolphins to win. But I seen bro just come out of nowhere, bat out of hell to block that kick. I'm just like, why is this cool? Like, why did Bill Belichick have to do something that is that cool? Listen, Drew, earlier you said something, and oh I can't God. let you get away with this so easy. Did I lie? Did I you lie? You said the Dolphins are the only team that owns the Patriots in the AFC East. The Bills, I guess. The Bills are 6-1 and one against them in the last seven, That's including a 40-point blowout in the playoffs. Yeah, smoked them. I love That's seeing them lose. Owen two like teams we're concerned about. What Owen two teams are you guys concerned about, or team that you're concerned about? I guess we can get the easy ones out the way, like yeah, the Cardinals, the, the Bears, yeah, Cardinals, the Texans. Bears. Are we concerned well, about the Broncos? The real quick, just to go back, a lot of people were hyping up the Bears this offseason. So I don't know if that's an easy just just move by. But me, I said in my overreaction week one, and this loss didn't didn't really you know help that at all. The Bears were in this game, right? Like it was 27-17. They had a chance at the end of the game, Justin Fields, to make a game-winning drive. And he had this very weird, like nonchalant, try to throw this screen pass, and he got intercepted, pick six. It's a 10-point game instead of a three-point game. But if you're still losing to uh, Tampa Bay, um, they lost to Green Bay week one at home, and, and they lost pretty bad. I know the Bears look like an easy team, but there was a lot of Bears fans, a lot of non-Bears fans too, that thought this is a team that could take a leap Unfortunately, they're not going to do it. We're going to talk about Justin Fields a little bit later, too. 
<laughs> okay, Drew, who's your 0-2 team? All right. I'm glad that you're starting with me so I can get this out the way. The answer is obviously the Denver Broncos. Just when I think I have something to be happy about, we come out the gates. We're fucking slinging the rock. We're moving so- down the field. It's fucking easy. Marvin Mims, 63-yard touchdown. I'm losing my mind. I'm ready to text Joel. I'm just like, hey, I'm sorry. I gave up on him too soon. Maybe we do have some explosiveness on this offense. We go, and, 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 and I'm blanking on his name right now. I don't want to be disrespectful. I think it's Brandon, uh, Brandon, Brandon Johnson. Johnson. Brandon Johnson. Thank you very much. Number 89 in Broncos. We go. We, we, he comes over the middle of the field. Russ hits him on a quick throw. He gets into the end zone. The offense is coming super easy to us. But then slowly and surely, oh, is my Wi-Fi kind of shitty right now? It not not now. You're good now. It was for a little bit though. All right, I appreciate it. Uh, so I, right as I think that this game's coming easy to me, slowly but surely, we we allowed the Commanders to start creeping in, and it did not start until the Kareem Jackson hit on Logan Thomas in the middle of the field. That was ugly. And I want to talk about that real quick, just for the fact that it happened last week against Jacoby. And I defended it. I thought that it was just such a bang-bang play. This one, it was a bang-bang play. But for it to happen two weeks in a row, and you're doing, and it's results in the same outcome two weeks in a row, there's going to be repercussion for this. It's not an accident. Once, okay. Twice, back-to-back weeks, it's it's getting inexcusable. Kareem's one of the leaders in the locker room. He needs to be better than that. He knows that. But the defense was terrible again. It's PS2, it's Justin Simmons, and it's a bunch of guys. Uh, it breaks my heart because this offense put up 33 points. It really did a great job. And 33 with a Hail Mary touchdown for 50 yards to put us within two points to even have a chance to tie this game. Um, it, it's unfortunate because I expected better of this team. The defense was supposed to be like last year, right? We come in, the defense was was the quote-unquote question. The offense was the one that had it on lock. The defense ended up being a top-10 unit. The offense ended up being one of the worst in the league. We come into this year now, the defense is supposed to be on lock, and here we go with the offense being the question mark, but Sean Payton was supposed to have the answers. Here we are, two weeks back-to-back, where we allow Jimmy G to look like Peyton Manning, and we allow Sam Howell to look like prime Tom Brady as well. We allow this man to throw for almost 300 yards and to get this really quick out the way. Shout out to my brother, Sam Howell. You played a very good game. It's unfortunate that you did this against my Denver Broncos. That was very fucked up of you, but we move because the agenda is there. That being said, you cannot allow this. Almost 300 yards to Sam Howell, a credit to Brian Robinson. He had himself an unbelievable ball game. He really did help change the tides. But really, that that Den, that commander's unit Getting pressure on Russ. Russ looked horrendous in the second half. Throwing balls to the defenders. Really, he got bailed out by that 50-yard touchdown because it put us in position to tie the game. And again, it's unfortunate that we didn't have a chance to tie that game or at least get one more play because that was so blatantly pass interference. But how can you be upset when you blow a 20-3 to lead? It's simply inexcusable. I'm concerned. And I'm, I'm at the point where I get it. We're two weeks in. However. Tank for Caleb. I don't want to win a fucking Ooh. game. <laughs> you were I don't want to win weekend, a fucking game. It's Tank for Caleb, and at the absolute minimum, it is, tank, him. it is Tank what? for Marvin. No, Russ Russ was not horrible. He wasn't bad. You he said wasn't he told bad. me in the second half he was horrible. He had bad moments <laughs> for sure. He had bad moments for sure. The offense simply was not moving. Jerry, you could tell that he needs to get back into the swing of things, was not that effective. Marvin Mims 
was the best offensive player that we had today. He had a very impressive punt return, but am I to expect anything from this defense next week against the Miami Dolphins? They might go for 400 on us. Tyree Kill, I mean, the blessing is that we have Patrick Tan, and honest to God, he's a blessing. But other than that, again, it's Justin Simmons, it's PS2, and a bunch of guys. We need to be better. I don't know if we will. I'm just hoping that we get an amazing draft pick, man. Joel, do you want me to save the Chargers for you? Do you want me to hit it? (laughs) You can hit the Chargers, man. First time in 10 weeks, the Tennessee Titans put up over 22 points. Today came against the Chargers in a loss in overtime. There's really not a whole lot to say about Los Angeles at this point. It just feels like total malpractice that Brand Staley was ever hired as their head coach when they had Shane Steichen as the offensive coordinator in Justin Herbert's rookie year. You had Brian Dable on the market. They take a defensive mind. And today in the game, they were, oh, I don't know, 2 of 11 on third down versus Tennessee defense with no Austin Eckler. They struggled to get that going on the ground game, whereas in week one, they're just destroying the Dolphins on the interior. But the big thing for me simply is you can't spend all this money on a defense with the level of superstar level talent and still be one of the worst defenses in the NFL. And then another team to me, you talked about the Bears, Dells. The Houston Texans traded their own first round pick. Mm, and we said it. Months. We knew this. We knew we said this. It. And they're going to be one of the three worst teams. Who in the picked the Texans here? Reveal yourselves now. I not. picked the Texans here. Joel? CJ Stroud has looked good. Uh, Matthew Richardson. My bad, bro. <laughs> to be to be fair, though, the almost like the half of the Texans defensive backs were out this game. You're 100% Matthew right. Matthew Richardson also got hurt. No, he, he did. did. I'm just saying. And it was just, <laughs> you're passing against the that, passing that that out like it. John, go ahead. John. To your point about the about the Chargers, this is another fun Chargers stat. I mentioned this, I think, last podcast that we did about the Chargers. Since 2010, teams with 275 plus passing yards and no turnovers are 382, 96 and two. That's a win percentage of 80. percent With the loss of the Titans today, the Chargers are the one are one of the 96. And this is a game where Herbert threw for 300 touchdowns, 300 yards, two touchdowns. Henry, Derrick Henry was went under 100 rushing yards, and Tannehill was sacked five times, and the Chargers lost. I'm sorry. I'm here laughing at the comment section. I didn't mean to show the comment. I just meant to start for later. I'm fucking crying. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly deserved. Fine. It's deserved. And at this point, I'm just going to show it because I don't care. Uh, Lord Zangif said, what a coward. This loser was hyping up this Denver team up. This this loser was hyping this Denver team up. Don't switch up, bitch. Listen. Don't switch uh, up, bitch. It's rude. What's up? Very, Nico? very, very rude. That being said, goodness gracious, that was funny. What What is there to say? The team's not good. I'm not switching up. I'm just going off from what I said. We had Not two gimme that. games. We had two gimme games. We're supposed to be 2-0 and to start the season against the Raiders and against the fucking Commanders, and we're 0-2. What do you want me to say? Do you want me to sit here and do you want me to sit here and say, oh, the Denver Broncos are gonna rally? We're gonna be back. Yeah, we're still gonna get those 10 wins. No, no, the defense is horrible. The offense has its moments of looking great. We're first half merchants. We come out in the second half and we can't do a damn thing. What's the difference? Between the Broncos and the Chargers right now, coaching the Chargers. Kind of the, coach, Chargers have, the Chargers also have elite talent on the offensive side, not just named Herbert. And then on the defensive side, they should have more names. 
Because right now, we're talking about the Broncos losing a close game in week one, losing a close game in week two. The Chargers, multiple weeks, losing close games. They should have beat Tennessee. Miami was a toss-up game. But, we're, I mean, to me – They're losing the better talent as well. In, in the pick them, I know that we is, all – Titans is fringe. Outside of Riv, we all picked the Broncos. We had this circled as an upset alert game. Like, you know, the Commanders could definitely beat the Broncos. That was definitely reasonable. The Broncos' defense has regressed tremendously. And to me, I don't even think it matters if Pat Sertan – is out there because with the Dolphins, when you put Tyreek Hill in motion, it's not even up to him no more. No. Sertan's not going to shadow him around in a game like that. My 0-2 team that I'm concerned about, John mentioned the Chargers. Right now, I'm only picking between the Bengals, Patriots, and Vikings, although the Jets right now, it's giving me 0-17 vibes just because how bad of a loss <laughs> it just was. You, you won a game. We, 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 we won a game. The Cowboys to but at what cost? At what cost? He knew the war was lost. We don't have Aaron Rodgers no more. It just feels like we're going into the war, into a war without our best soldier. That's how it feels like right now. And Zach Wilson, these next four weeks gonna be tough. I know Zach Wilson had those interceptions when he was pressing. I felt like we should have ran the ball more. But honestly, those were interceptions that I'm like, you cannot be making that same mistake anymore. He's throwing except the Garrett one. Yeah, except except the the deep shot to Garrett. Like he's throwing right two guys, and I'm just like, oh my goodness! Enough. I know, you, I know you guys saw this. Sauce deactivated his Twitter, and then Brees dropping four football emojis. I don't is there, you, bro. Is there turmoil? I don't, got, I don't got. I don't got no problem with Sauce. Sauce, I think. Yeah. I think it's fine. Get off Twitter. You don't got. There's nothing good on Twitter that you're gonna find if you're I an agree. NFL player. I agree. No problem um, with Sauce at all. Brees, he deserves football. He he should have got the football more for a thousand percent. I personally don't like going on Twitter to do it, um, but to each their own. Because the game was lost when David Cook fumbled. The game was lost then. It he was taking carries away from Brees Hall. Brees Hall is the most explosive running back on our team, and I was very vocal about Dalvin Cook not being not being himself anymore coming into this season. As a third down running back behind Brees, okay, I'm fine. But Brees Hall is just not a good player. But the 0 2 team for me. Other way, you mean uh, Dalvin Cook? Dalvin Cook. To, yeah, gotcha. Wait for Israel Medicand. He's going to take the, the 0 2 team to me, I think the Patriots are, are going to be just fine. They've given two of the best teams so far a really great matchup. To me, it's the Vikings. I don't know what the future holds. Kirk Cousins is on an expiring contract. The team is going to be in one score games this entire season. They were 11 and 0 last year. They're 0 and 2 this season. I like what Brian Flores has been doing with the defense, but you have a lot of decisions to make. You don't have Kirk under contract. You have to pay Justin Jefferson. The draft picks that this new regime has made have not panned out. So for me, I'm looking at the Vikings and I feel like this is definitely one of those teams I'm concerned about because the only thing holding them afloat was the 13 win season last year. But we all kind of look at that with a side eye and we're like, you know, how good they were wasn't an indication on their record, you know, because they were they were not as good as their record. Can I ask you and Joel and I actually spoke about this on the fantasy reaction, but they put up a lot of points against the Eagles. Their offense looked great. You could even say that it at times looked better than the Philadelphia Eagles offense. Is it is it one of those that the defense is so bad? 
that that's what's allowing your judgment to feel so strongly? Or is it where you could kind of level and say, hey, this offense can still be prolific. They still have arguably the best receiver in the game. Kirk Cousins is still one of the most underrated, underappreciated quarterbacks. Jordan Addison, an ascending, an ascending young talent in this league. Hawkinson, one of the better tight ends. Is there something that you can level there? Because the offense really, I still think, can be very potent, very, very explosive. I'm with you, though. The defense, it's hard to defend. Maybe years moving forward, I can. But for this year, you're not going to have a talent boost on the defensive side of the ball. The offensive line is already injured, and the offensive line before it got injured was prone to giving up a ton of pressure. So to me, it just feels like the Vikings have so many holes on their roster, and it feels like they need a type of reset for their team. I understand. That's valid. I'll, I'll hop in with my my Owen too. So, I mean, the ones you guys said, I definitely have concerns about. New England we talked about a bit. I don't have any concerns about this team. Uh if their quarterback's healthy, but Joe Burrow re-aggravating his calf is not a good sign, obviously. And even when Joe Burrow was in, this offense was not clicking. They scored 24 points. Seven of those was on a punt return. The other seven was their last offensive drive they scored with three minutes and change left. This offense hasn't clicked yet. And if Joe Burrow has to miss any more time, now thankfully I have their schedule up. Their next four weeks – Rams, Titans, Cardinals, Seahawks. Their next four weeks are pretty easy for the Bengals. But you're 0-2 now. Can you really risk sitting Burrow? Because, of course, the worst thing you want is for him to re-aggravate that injury. We know the calf and Achilles are, you know, obviously tied together. I'm sure Drew can tell you more about that. But you can't really risk it at this point. If you're 2-0, you could probably say, listen, he re-aggravated his calf. We could sit him for this week against the Rams. If we win, maybe we could sit him against Tennessee. But now you're sitting at 0-2, and these next four games with Joe Burrow are going to be heavy favorites, and I'm assuming all of these games, Rams, Titans, Arizona, Seattle. Is that Rams game easy? It's not easy. It's not easy, but at home, I think they'd be favored. Um, They were favored against the Ravens. I get it's division game, but... Yeah, I know. We're saying you're going into that match with the expectation. It's not like week eight at San Francisco where you're like, we got to have our guy, right? So you don't have as much of a luxury. Of course, you never have a luxury of missing your quarterback. But even more so, losing these two games, especially this last one, where if you could have got a stop in the fourth quarter when the Ravens were moving the ball, you'd at least gave Burrow an opportunity to either kick a field goal or end up winning the game. So if Burrow is healthy, of course, you still have to feel good about the Bengals. But the fact that he re-aggravated his calf and you know all the ramifications that could come from that and pro football doc even said, like, this is an injury that, like, Cavs are going to linger. Like, this is going to linger if he keeps playing well into October. So if the, if the Bengals want to play the long game here, it probably makes sense to rest Joe Burr for a week or two. But you're really putting your playoff hopes in danger if you do that. This is your $275 million guy. You you have to do everything you can to protect him. It's a calf injury. You you sit out for, for the three, four weeks. Yeah, you're in, you're in a position where – you're in danger of teetering over a scale where maybe the playoffs start to become in question at that point. But this is the franchise. This is the guy who has allowed everyone to start drinking the water that this guy is the savior of this franchise. The reason why the Bengals have been put on the map, a lot of people deem it that is Joe Burrow's doing. So you don't want to, you don't want to put him in harm's way. You want to do everything you can to ensure that he is 
in the best care possible and that he's in the best position possible to succeed in the long run. And maybe maybe easy isn't the right word, but three of these four games are NFC teams. You're not playing anyone in your division. So easy maybe is not the right word, but doesn't have as much of an impact as if you're playing a division rival or another team in the AFC that tiebreakers down the line could get you in or out of the playoffs. The only game outright, and I'm sorry that I'm talking a lot, the only game outright that I see that they should definitely win is that Cardinals game. That For Titans sure. game should be difficult. It'll be a difficult in game. Tennessee. You fa- you favor the Bengals, yes, but that's exactly it. In Tennessee, the Rams, the Rams just gave the Niners, who are, in my opinion, top three. I mean, that's in everyone's opinion. In the NFC, arguably top, great team. top three yeah. in the National Football League. The Rams just gave them an unbelievable game without Cooper Cup. And Seattle, they just go, they just went on the road and beat Detroit and just put up a very prolific offensive output. When so, it comes I mean, to the Bengals, it just the question is. Can we go two and two with Jake Browning? That's the question. If we put Jake Browning in there, can we go two and two? And then we get Joe Burrow back for the game versus the Bills and the 49ers and then look to make a run there. To me, I just don't have faith in Jake Browning as a backup quarterback. And and I think for Joe Burrow, it's unfortunate because this is the second offseason he's come into it injured, really. And he hasn't been able to find his groove early on versus the Ravens. This any time the Bengals face this Ravens defense, this is what this game is going to look like. The, the Ravens defense is an elite unit. In the second half, the Bengals offense started to come together. Joe Burrow had two touchdowns on a day. T. Higgins had two touchdowns receiving. So for me, I'm not worried about the Bengals offense anymore, and I'm not worried about them as a team. Last year, they started 0-2, and they made the AFC Championship game. To me, I'm worried about what Dell just said, about Joe Burrow re-aggravating that calf. And for me, I mean, we just seen Aaron Rodgers get injured week one for the season. So for the Bengals, is it worth losing Joe Burrow for the entire season? And do we think we can survive four games with Jake Browning starting at quarterback? Because last year we were in a similar position when it came to the Cowboys and projecting them. Dak goes out. Can they win with Cooper Rush? And he went four and one. Dak got the team back and they were able to go on a run. So for me, Mm -hmm. it's whether or not they believe in Jake Browning. Yeah, not a ton of belief. Now, Joel, I have to ask you real quick. Um, how are you feeling, even with Joe Burrow? Let's say he's 100% sound, ready to go week three. How are you feeling? This is your team that you believed would go and win the AFC and, and go to the Super Bowl. How are you feeling as of right now? I'm still feeling great. I think the defense still play, has played well, even with that young second year. I think they're much faster on defense and the offense against the Browns is a complete meltdown offensively. Everybody had a part in it, but this game was good. I thought the offense moved the ball. And in the first half, there were really certain plays that they could have started to compile a drive on, but just unfortunate events. I think on the first drive of the Bengals, when they had the first drive of the game, you know, Joe Burrow throws a great pass to Irv Smith Jr. He doesn't get that second foot in bounds. You know, that's a potential scoring drive. So for me, I think the Bengals' offense looked good. Against the Ravens, with their defense, I think their secondary stepped up. Rockison, Darby, and Brandon and Brandon Stevens, I believe, they stepped up. But for me, with the Ravens, this is always going to be a tight game. And I think the Bengals showed a lot of fight. And had they stopped Lamar Jackson on that third and three, they could have gotten the ball back and, and could have you know, came back and won a game. So for me, I'm not worried about them. I just think it's two losses to division opponents. You never want that, but 
I'm not worried about the Bengals. I'm not. Fair enough. We're all worried about the Bears right now, though. And Justin Fields right now, I just made a TikTok on how he doesn't see the field and he holds on to the ball way too much, which has been a lingering problem for him. So listen, we're going to do Would You Rather Justin Fields edition. Uh-oh. If we did this in God. off season, there are a lot of names here. We're probably taking Justin Fields over, but the offseason hype has died down. So first name up, CJ Stroud. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud. I'll take what really he does in the structure. I'm yeah, going with CJ Stroud. I have way more comfort with him right now. Especially as a quarterback. Just Joel, passing you the ball. In, are you in pain? I am in pain. I'd, I'd probably go with CJ Stroud, though. Anthony Richardson. AR. Richardson. AR's Richardson, got much better pocket presence. That's a huge yes, thing. To Richardson, here. his rookie year, after only starting a handful of college games, feels way more refined as a passer, as, as a quarterback in and out of the pocket than Justin Fields going into year three of the NFL. So that's a big red flag. And that's also good at coaching too. So that's yeah. I'm going with AR, Zach Wilson. Fields, come on. Justin man. Fields. Justin Fields. So At least so he can rush. Calmly. Even though Zach had a couple of nice runs. Listen, if Zach Wilson is going up against a bottom 15 defense, you know, average <laughs> – I can maybe talk myself into it, man, because just as a quarterback, just letting it go, the release. You know, there are some things Zach has that are better than Fields. Joel, but brother, stop. Listen, stop. I'm Seeing going Justin Fields here. Come on now. Okay. <laughs> Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Mac Jones. I'm taking Mac comfortably here as well. He's look really good with a real corner now, too. I'm taking Mac Jones, too. And now this is a. Trey Lance, under the assumption of how he will look like if he ever gets a chance again. Justin Fields. Justin Fields. Let me ask you guys this question, honestly, and now that it's just hit me. We understand that the Bears could potentially be in position to have the number one overall pick. Did they decide to take the chance on Justin Fields for this upcoming season, knowing that they would be in a similar position and that they would be in a prime position to select Caleb Williams after trading the number one overall pick, Bryce Young. What you're basically telling me. Were they this big brain? I hope hope not. You're basically telling me that the Bears traded the first overall pick so they can start Fields knowing that Justin Fields is not good. That's what you're basically telling me right now. (laughs) Would you rather Bryce Young or Caleb Williams? That's my question. That's an easy answer. They should have fucking taken. Bryce Young is good, though. He's good. He is good. Caleb. Caleb, Caleb, of course. You know. Yeah. And but also, Carolina is going to give them an amazing selection as well. And that now you're putting potentially Caleb Williams with another prime position draft pick as well. I think Chicago, where they're going to be a bad team this year. Maybe they're up to something come 2024. They, and They NFL still have now. a lot of holes, though. It's not just yeah. quarterback. Um, there is a ton no, of sure. holes on this team. But with DJ Moore, 
with Darna Mooney, who did get injured, but did he make a return? I'm, I'm not 100 sure. Cole yeah. Komet, uh, offensive line, was not horrible. I was so thrilled. Soft. I was thrilled to see him. <laughs> so so he, he was a week or two away from being cut. <laughs> I was so scared. Maple Chard's too good stress. of a nickname for yeah, Drew. Stop with that nickname, bro. It's Goldie. No, John. Dead. The nickname's no. Dead. It has no, to be taken. It's not. It's not. I'm sorry. It's not. You know, Drew. He just scored I, a touchdown. Respect him. Is that, is that his first touchdown as a bear? Let's be honest. Did he score last Dude. year? Dude. <laughs> It could like it really could be his first touchdown. <laughs> I've never a seen a player with such physical gifts accomplish so little with the upside he's shown. But Drew, that's a great point because this Bears oh, franchise can't really draft and develop a quarterback. Mm-mm. You know who the Bears all-time passing leader is? Did not score. That's Jim McMahon. It's Jay oh, is it Jim Mc- Oh, Jay Cutler. Great Jay Cutler. Known as one of the biggest draft misses in recent years, is top five all-time Bears passing. He only started three and a half years. So. If you cannot draft a quarterback and you're in the position of Ryan Poles, you did invest in the field, so you did not draft. So if you don't have the coach staff, because Luke Getzi's offense has been a, a total disaster. I don't have to explain to you. Just go watch the QB school's film breakdown. You have to then take a quarterback you know has a very low chance of missing. And Ryan even Poles Bears team. hasn't been a good GM, though. I don't, I don't think Ryan Poles well, is that smart to, to come up with a theory. I'm giving him too much credit. Did this guy traded a first-round pick, a borderline first-round pick for Chase Claypool. He signed. He signed Tremaine Edmonds to a big time deal when that could have went to Roquan, and Roquan is ten times the player that Edmonds is. And Darnell Wright has looked good at right tackle. He's looked good for a rookie. But Mm. you could have took Jalen Carter with that pick, who is a better prospect, a much bigger. There was questions on his name. You can't. You can't yes, overall I agree with blame. You. And I don't mind this team lacks so it's devoid of so much talent defensively. You hired a defensive-oriented head coach in Matt Eberflus. If you want to properly evaluate that guy, because we know in today's NFL it's not the right decision. If you have a young quarterback trying to develop, then hire the defensive guy. At least give him the talent to see what he's got. Because you guys, I can evaluate anything from the Chicago defense. You can make the argument for Fields though. Like you need to give him protection. You draft Darnell right now. He has more protection if he's not the guy. Yeah. You know, so it goes either way. Are you guys going Sam Howell or Fields? Sam Howell. This is where things get rude. I can't take Howell yet. I like Howell a lot. As a passer, I'm going Howell. I guess that's I, all I trust. I trust, like, if you just plop these guys into a system and say, like, you know, go out and perform, I trust Howell more. But if you build systems around players, Justin Fields, of course, still has the higher upside. All I know is that Sam Howell as a starter is undefeated. He is undefeated as a starter. Commanders quietly 2-0. Maybe top, bottom five teams in the league, actually. <laughs> it really is, you watch your damn mouth. With Zach Wilson, you're right there with us, damn it. <laughs> so now the last two. Daniel Jones. DJ. Daniel Jones. Fuck. Daniel Jones. And the last one, Ryan Tannehill. Taking Justin Fields. Justin back. Fields. I'm going Tannehill. Come on. Let's stop disrespecting Ryan Tannehill. He had one of the what most efficient Desmond quarterback Ritter? seasons ever what in about, 2020. What about Desmond Ritter or Justin Fields? Oh, Desmond God. Ritter shows some stuff, man. Stop. Desmond what's, Ritter. What, what exactly is that stuff? No, I'm going to be honest. If, if you have Fields in Atlanta and build a rushing offense around him with what they have, that be is a fun offense to watch. Of course it's Fields. It yeah. They're already a fun offense. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they are already. They last, are last one game. I got. Jordan Love. Jordan Love. He already beat him on the road. Jay Love, baby. <laughs> he already beat him. Yeah. Yo, um, Joel, 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 Joel. 
something quick that I want to bring up to you because I remember you taking a. I told y'all that Bijan was not going to be no no top three, top four, top five running back. And what did Bijan? What did Bijan go and do today? He got he the carries. Showed, he showed the world finally why. He should be getting a majority of the carries. Bro, hit him with the doo doo. Got past the first guy. That's Goes true. to the second guy. Doo doo. Oh, third guy too. Why not? Doo doo. Are you kidding me? This guy's one Bijan of one casually averaging six yards to carry. Calm, he's amazing. Carry. I never said he wasn't amazing. I'm, I'm just, I'm just questioning how Arthur Smith is going to use this guy and how much. I know Arthur what Smith Arthur Smith is. Like. Drake London. He's a smart guy. That's yeah, a he's a head coach. He, right he, now. Are we just going to get every other game? Drake London, Pitts. Is that how this is going to go? It's not enough go to go like around. That. Listen, Arthur <laughs> Smith. Of course, he's a great head coach. There was still downs in that game where Tyler Algier was in there in favor Can you just of say Algier. Same thing. Tyler Algier. It's not the same thing. There's no called you Joel Moran. What if we called you Joel Moran? People have done that to me. Yeah, but it's not your name. It's not your name. Thank same you. thing. That's it's, it. Listen, nah, now it's the accents, same. Accents come into play when we're talking about this. Um, Justin Fields or Tim Tebow? <laughs> I'm going with the guy who has a playoff win. Fuck. You're gonna make I got to go with Tebow, Tom. Tim Tebow. Have we I come to this? Bronco legend. Bronco legend. What was it? There was a stat. Oh, fuck. That there's only two quarterbacks. Yes, it's Cam Newton, it's Tim Tebow, it's Anthony Richardson to in their debut have a touchdown pass and a touchdown run. Mm. Switch side right there. Where were, where were you guys? Almost Tebow, uh, beat us. Yo, what were your guys' up, favorite buddy. moments of Is week two? two? My favorite moment. All right, listen, I'm sorry, I- I'm hogging the mic today. It's got to be those New York football giants coming back from 28 Never seven in doubt. Never, Never in ever, doubt. ever in doubt. I have a story to tell you guys, and I got to talk go. from the heart. I'm watching a game with my brother, and my brother, who is who is the Giants fan. Day one Giants was, fan. Day one. He is. Day Shout one. out to Big Chuck. He goes to me and he says, looks me in the eyes and says, Drew, you have my blessing. If the Giants lose this game, dead the Giants. Dead <laughs> Daniel Jones. I said, Charles... We're going to pull this one out. We're going to win this game. And what does Daniel Jones go and do? He throws over 300 yards. He rushed over 50 yards. Put him in the end zone. That's a touchdown Calm. Two passing touchdowns. A Mickey Mouse INT. You probably already heard this spiel on Twitter. That Saquon Barkley, for the second week in a row, drops a pass and hurt. goes into the defender hands. Hey, good news on Saquon. X-rays came back negative. He avoided serious injury. The ankle is okay. It's not even a high ankle sprain, allegedly. It's seemingly just a regular old sprain. This is the best news possible for Giants fans. But down 28-7 in the desert, Daniel Jones rallies the fucking troops, and they drive down the field, drive after drive after drive, and they win the game. And listen, I get it. It's the Arizona Cardinals, a team that we think is going to finish probably with the worst record in the National Football League. I don't give a damn because if he would have lost this game, the narratives would have been so easy because it was easy when it was, oh, it's really 60 to zero right now. The Giants just allowed points to score. Really, is that what we're doing? So as easy as that can go to y'all, as easy it is for me to sit here and say, Daniel Jones is clutch. And he's like that. And this is the Daniel Jones that I've been telling y'all about. And it's just beginning. This was the spark that they needed. And lastly, 
who I'm I'm very glad that that someone mentioned his name. Puka Nakua, man. This guy is is this what you're gonna share, Joel? No, you took it. You got it. No, nope, bro. Nope, I nope. thought we were it's talking yours. about that on fancy reaction. The floor is yours. The floor is yours. Don't let me interrupt. Anyways, Pukunakua set a record for most receptions <laughs> by a rookie in back-to-back games. The kid is special. Matt Matthew Stafford obviously takes a liking to this kid. He understands that he has some great hands. It's also something about fitting into Sean McVay's system as the number one guy. You just produce. And that's not an indictment on Cooper Cup. You still have to be amazing to do this. Pukunakua gets credit for this. Because he accomplished this. He's the one that's ultimately catching the balls. Same goes for Cooper Cup. He's the one that broke, that that won the Triple Crown, that was Super Bowl MVP. That was him. But right now, it's Puka's time. And he's thriving, and he's having an unbelievable start to a career. And Santos, just because you have this little jab right here, you're a Raiders fan who also likes Patrick Mahomes. Don't talk to me about, quote-unquote, your teams. <laughs> that was good. Uh, Drew, Drew, you think, Drew, you thought this was uh, the spark the Giants needed? Next yes. four weeks, Arizona, San Francisco, Seattle, Miami, Buffalo. Look, I'll, I'll give you, record? I'll give you something. You know, it, it's actually good that the Giants are gonna walk into this eight and nine record with some, you know, with some great games in between, with some historic comebacks in between. Because this team is not good. It, it's not a playoff team. The defense is horrible. Connor had a hundred yards rushing. The defense is well. James Conner's a good running Romeo, back. Romeo, yeah, but it's we're talking about the Cardinals' Josh offensive line versus the Giants' defensive line. They went out and signed Bobby Okereke to fill in that run defense, and the run defense is still horrible, still it's bad. bad. It's bad. And Josh Dobbs, two hundred yards passing. Listen, this was an excellent comeback by the Giants. If the Giants lost to the Cardinals, deservedly so. The slander should have been there because it's the Cardinals. All right, so then stop your stop your statement because it didn't happen. Let's move on. The Giants won. We're on to week three. Daniel Jones threw for over 300 yards, two tutties, and rushed one in as well. So let's move on. Yeah, name, name three oh, players. Name three players on Cardinals secondary. Buda Baker, he was inactive, unfortunately. So it doesn't count. <laughs> Yeah, like, they lost Murphy. The He's the, now in, in Minnesota. The Giants, reward, the Giants reward is a short week at San Francisco, probably without Saquon. Um, that's a loss. I already it's, Seattle. It. it's a loss. You and needed Miami. this game. I'll be honest, bro. There's a very strong chance. I think best case scenario, they're they're two and four after week six. They're, they might be one and five. Seattle, because you're at San Fran, at Miami, at Buffalo. Seattle Seattle's a winnable goal. game, man. It's a winnable it game. I agree. That defense is, is not good. That defense is not good. However, the Giants' defense is not good. They need to do something, man. My favorite moments of week two, C.J. Stroud, 30 for 47, 384 yards, two touchdowns, 103.5 passer rating. Throughout the draft process, my two quarterbacks, my top ones were Richardson and C.J. Shroud. Bryce Young was three. I still like Bryce Young's game a lot. But C.J. Shroud, to me, is really popping off these last two games and really showing me a lot to like about him. He's the only quarterback to throw 80-plus pass attempts without an interception in his first two career games, surpassed Justin Herbert for second-most pass completions in first two career games. And this is with receivers that aren't that, that good. C.J. Stroud's pocket presence, his accuracy, his decisiveness are Respect things that Nico I really Collins. love. Nico Respect Collins is good. I like Nico Collins, but he's not an elite wide receiver. But I like Nico Collins. He's a he's a good nah, player. 
all jokes aside, CJ and Nico have an obvious connection two weeks in a row that he's been his guy. Oh, yeah. Nico Collins is a good player. Mike Evans, six receptions, 171 Ooh. yards, a touchdown. Baker Mayfield with the 300 yards, one week. touchdown game. That, I mean, though. listen, Baker Mayfield is one of them guys that, listen, every once in a one while, he, he's going to pop off with a game like this against a, a bad defense, and the Bears were bad defense. And the NFC South is legitimately wide open. Well, outside of the Panthers, the Panthers are done. The Saints, the Bucks. <laughs> The Falcons, they all are going to be vying for oh, the division crown. I cannot believe like that. Switched up on who? You oh. were saying some stuff about Baker coming in the season. Oh, Baker, Baker. You didn't hate Baker. I'm like happy for Baker. Ago. Now he's back in. He, he, I, I, didn't, I never like hated Baker. Baker. I just spoke facts. He's not a good, consistent quarterback. I spoke Push facts. Is, have we seen more volatile quarterback than Baker? I don't think so. What do we mean by that? Yeah, a guy yeah, who's so had a more up and down career with wild twists and pretty bizarre got turns. It, got turns. It. My two favorite moments of the week. One of them was a guy that I love, my QB one in this NFL draft. I didn't love him though as a prospect because it mattered so much where he went. But Anthony Richardson for a second straight week shows a lot on the ground. Two drives, two touchdowns. Does not get to finish the game. Leaves with a concussion going to the second quarter. But I feel like this Colts offense has so much upside with what Shane Slyken has done developing quarterbacks. They get the win here. I think it's a huge one in the division. The Miller Fair moment, Joe Smith. This Seattle Seahawks team had a lot of allegations against them after losing to the Rams. Their defense played poorly. They get Devon Witherspoon back today. And every time you see the Lions and Seahawks play, it, it's been a thriller. This was It could have been the third straight game that these two teams played where the total score was a combined 80 points or more. It was only 68 today, but we get to see it go to overtime. Gino at the end of regulation on a third and whatever, third and 14, is running 15, 20 yards out. And yeah. now he's putting the Seahawks punter back into his own end zone, allowing the Lions to tie up the game, send it to overtime. But then the lit. Seattle Seahawks in OT get the win, and we see Gino having win another one of those monster 300-yard passing games. You can say what you want, but let's be honest, that Lions secondary wasn't doing a great job holding up either. You do make a good point, though, but – the end of the day, the Lions land one sack on the day against that young Seattle Seahawks offensive line, too. There was only so bangs up, a little bit more now. What is it? Only one, two sacks max all game long. Both offensive lines did a good job. Relatively. And I'm just happy for Gino. And we got another great sound bite, too. Another great sound bite. That, that was great. I'm talking um, to America. To, real quick, because I can't I can't go past Puka without saying. First player in NFL history with at least 10 receptions and 100 receiving yards in his first two career games. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, once Cooper cut back, he's done. He's just getting these targets. You don't dominate like this in the NFL without being a really good NFL player. Puka Nakua, I don't think it's a flash in the pan. Cooper Cup will get back. Puka presidency, you know, 15, 20 targets, the insane rate he's been getting. But he's still going to be, I think, a very high-end wide receiver, too, for this team. Um, the other moments I liked, of course, the Baltimore Ravens, 2-0, Bengals 0-2. Lamar, he just wins. When he's healthy, he just wins. When he's healthy, he wins the AFC North. It's not in a playoffs. A couple of seasons. Unfortunately, Ooh. it's been a couple of seasons. Wait for him this year. Let him stay healthy. Because right now, the Bengals aren't looking too good. The other guy, Broncos aren't looking so great. Shout out to Marvin Mims. Finally got a couple big plays down the field. Jerry Judy got back. Not sure how much he actually played. I, I really wasn't watching that Broncos game a ton. I was locked in on the Jets, at least for the first you know, three quarters you or so. A terrible um, game. 
But Marvin Mims needs to be on that needs to be on the field more. He is your most explosive player down the field. He has to get on the field. I think Sean Payne over time will kind of get him more involved. But he showed today the type of game breaking ability that that he possesses. Now you know, I know I said two max, but oh my. for me, it's just it's just, it's just it's just really two things that stood out to me, man. For one. I, of course, in a 4 p.m. slate, I watched the Jets game and the Cowboys dominated us. The Cowboys defense, you know, of course, they're they're. I think they're the best defense in the NFL. But if you're not impressed by the performance, whatever, you can chalk it up to the Jets offense, even though the Cowboys got a pressure percentage of 55 percent and they barely blitzed. The defensive line was just wrecking havoc. The Cowboys offense being that efficient against the Jets defense that to me was the complete team performance that I think we were missing in week one versus the Giants. And Brandon Cooks did not play in this game. But Dak Prescott, you can see the Mike McCarthy influence on his offense. It's quicker, quicker dropbacks. He's getting the ball out faster. Mike McCarthy is a way better play caller than Kellen Moore Dells. Never disrespect McCarthy again. Because Kellen Moore right now with LAC... I mean, listen, he's doing an okay job. But Ke- Ke- Kellen Moore is hey, hey, running the ball into, Moore, into clogged running lanes in second and seven. Can't get any stops. <laughs> listen, Moore man, Mike McCarthy is a, was always a great offensive head coach, and you slept on him. And the other thing oh, I yeah, want to mention. just fucking wasted Aaron Rodgers. One ring. They won a Super Bowl. What do you mean? How many quarterbacks ever win? With a a really good defense. The most talented quarterback. How many quarterbacks ever win? And that year, Aaron Rodgers wasn't even looked at as an elite quarterback yet. That was the playoff run that ascended him to those heights. Yeah, but come on. You said a decade of being the most talented quarterback ever didn't win a ring. But go on. I don't want to stop. And also, look at the Packers' playoff losses. That's not all on McCarthy. That's definitely in combination of a lot of bad luck. So what are you talking about? Also, last thing. Chiefs defense holding the Jaguars to nine points. They they are legitimately like they can be a top 10 defense this season, even For higher. Sure. I mean, week one holding the Lions offense to 14 offensive points, even without Chris Jones. Chris Jones had a lot of dominant plays against the Jaguars. I mean, holding the Jaguars to nine points, one of the top offenses in the league. This Chiefs defense to me put everybody on notice about how great they can be this year. They were that good. That was our conversation. Go ahead, John. The Jaguars, too. I mean, nine points, they couldn't get anything going in the red zone, and they weren't getting Calvin Ridley involved. I feel like that loss for the Jaguars said more about them than did that Chiefs defense because we've known their Super Bowl material. But I'm expecting more of that play calling. And overall, that Jaguars offense, nine points now, I thought that was crazy. Uh, but that was the conversation that we had in the offseason. So long as Chris Jones was going to be back on this field, we were expecting an improvement from this Chiefs defense because now it had a little bit more experience. And, of course, they did just come off the Super Bowl as well. Now you're getting a second year of McDuffie, a second year of Karloftis. Of course, Chris Jones coming off of one of the best seasons, probably the best season he's had in his career so far, comes in immediately and gets a sack, makes his presence felt right on his return. This Chiefs defense is going to be interesting. However, the offense, the offense needs to clean it up because Eric Bieniemy is over there in Washington doing a solid job. Over here in Kansas City, they need to clean some things They're up. They have him? the best. They have, mm. Oh, bro. Eric Andy Reed, merchant. Is, is Andy, is Andy Reid an Eric Bieniemy <laughs> merchant? God, the <laughs> conversations that are to be had, man. I'm also surprised, too. Andy Reid does not like to run the ball. 
But Isaiah Pacheco is the second best weapon in that offense. He runs 12 so carries, hard. 70 yards. He, exactly. Hey, Moore, even as a receiver, you have Jarek McKinnon. You could argue their second and third best weapons are both running backs. They need to be used more, I think, because that wide receiver room is not more valuable in the playmaking department. When we talk about stop and start speed acceleration, Isaiah Pacheco, I think, is top 10 in the in the league in ter- with running backs in terms of just that hitting your top speed and violently running. Pacheco is amazing, man. I love Pacheco since last year, but he I just love watching him play. He's a violent player. He's good. Violent runner. Respect Rutgers alum. I said he's good. Hey, for a seventh round player who had to come in, you know, Super Bowl winning team, hats off. But agreed. What you mean? You're not the how Pacheco? What's wrong with Pacheco, Dells? Thank God. I think he's fine. I don't think he's insane. So you think he's you think he's fine or you think he's surprised if he was running back in like a year or two? He wasn't a starter in a year or two. I said I'd be surprised if he's the Chiefs starting running back in a year or two. Maybe next year, year after, he probably probably move on. It's just running backs, though. To be fair, that's not really a hot take. Freezing cold takes. Dells, clip that right there. <laughs> now we're gonna recap <laughs> our pickums for week two. Um, we still have two games left: the Saints and the Panthers tomorrow, and then the Steelers and the Browns. So my pickum right now, I'm nine and five. The losses were the Bengals the Lions, the Texans, Jets, and Broncos. My spread picks, had Titans at plus three and a half. They covered. They beat the Chargers. The Falcons I had at plus two and a half. I was surprised they were underdogs given that Aaron Jones wasn't going to be playing in this game. So I took it. The Falcons won. They squeaked out with one. The Bills minus nine and a half. I said that Listen, last year, the Bills blew out teams, blew out teams by more than 10 points seven times. And this is one of those games where they needed to get back and they obliterated the Raiders. They shut them down defensively in the offense. I mean, James Cook rushed for 100. Josh Allen, 274, three touchdowns. And then I had the Jets plus nine and a half. Really just could not generate offense. It was the Dalvin Cook fumble, which led to this uh, hole that we got ourselves in. And then really just we could not protect Zach Wilson up front. And he made some boneheaded mistakes. But yeah, you know, I would say pretty good day. Three and one on my spread picks, nine and five on the pickums. No, I think I'm feeling good and hopefully making it 11 and five to end the week. Solid, solid day. Go ahead, gentlemen. I already shared mine, but I'll happily go last. Um, I went 10 and four. I am looking for my spread picks. They were not good because I had the Jets, I had the Giants. I don't know what else. I mean, I'm pulling up right now. Here we go. Here we go. We're live. You might have taken uh, a commander. Oh, I have this. I have I have the Steelers plus two and a half tomorrow. So we don't know. But I went ten and four. My losses were the Bengals, who lost the Ravens. Um, I picked the Lions, which we all did, who lost to Seattle. Um, I had the Chargers. I was the only one with the Chargers. They ended up losing. And then I had the Broncos, who lost to Washington. Yeah, man, it's so disappointing. I went eleven and four. Broncos killed me. Uh, same with Seattle. I picked Detroit to win the game. I feel like it probably should win my gut there. Seattle was the team I had a little bit higher in the rankings. And then I also took the Bengals to beat the Ravens. And all those games were on score. So oh, it's it John I'm drunk. I'm looking the, at what, last week's. I don't know. Steelers is not right. Here we go. Oh, my. Is this your first, first, time, first time, bro? First time, first time. Hey, hey, yo, John, where's the proof of your picks, bro? That's I've what I want. Yahoo. Yahoo. Want me to share my screen with you? All right, that's what Dallas for disrespected Pacheco. All right, while Joel while Joel fixes whatever's going on over there, your boy went twelve and two, lost on two Mickey Mouse calls. Well, let me say lack thereof calls in the Lions and in the Broncos game. 
in spreads. I had the Ravens. I had the Titans. I had the Bills. I also had the Giants, which was unfortunate. They ended up pulling out the W regardless. I was happy. And then the Jets, who let me down. But other than that, I hit on every other spread and every other money line. It's a great job, Drew. We're going to read some super chats. Right this from back. Clicky Keys. Won my fantasy game because of the Zach Moss and Nico Collins start. Thanks, Drew and Dells. Let's Shout go. out to Clicky Keys. People, people, Is that my boy, well, Ricky? I don't think they'll ever – they'll never spell my last name right. Like, it's everywhere. It's just always LH. It just never <laughs> fails. Pick a side meme goes, Zach Wilson is booty cheeks. He's that not great. Not kind. Sad nil goes NFC North player. down bad. I don't Please know. don't disrespect I don't know the if they're Packers down bad. Team. Don't disrespect the healthy Packers team. Brandon Roopchand goes, another great week of football. Giants got a comeback W. Seeing Saquon get helped off the field was worrying. That second half, everything seemed to click and on both sides of the ball and seemed comfortable. For real, Giants got a lot Browns of Browns minus two. I think that was the only one I mentioned. Browns minus two. Okay. Because the Jets and Giants did not lock. Ben Riley goes, Joe is going to be in a wheelchair oh, with Zach as coach. Dude. Zach Taylor getting exposed? Mid coach? Zach Taylor. We all knew. We all knew, is right? Everything about the Bengals, mid. Chris Bass goes, I love you, Drew, but respect my Falcons and respect Desmond Ritter in all caps. 2 and 0 and immaculate. Fourth quarter. Chris Bass, I love you, and I appreciate the donation. That being said, I will not respect Desmond Ritter. I will respect that he won this game. He had some nice moments, sure. Uh, that being said, Bijan Robinson, Arthur Smith, that's who I'm crediting the most. I mean, listen, we have scoring teams by four TDs so, back of quarterback. It's the crazy. best I have with, with uh you guys, Riv, it's the Jordan Love and Justin Fields touchdowns bet, something like that. You and I, Drew, we had the Fields versus Sam Howell across the board. We had the Desmond Ritter and Howell 1-2. I think it was passing touchdowns. I'm not sure. Well, Fields is the clear leader right now. I mean, um, Jordan Love is the clear leader right now in the clubhouse. He has hey, six he passing touchdowns. touchdowns. He does have six he touchdowns. Um, Sam Howell has... Are we going total or are we only doing passing? He has three. Well, even if like we're doing everything, like, he, had a everything he had a rushing. I mean, Jordan Love has less interceptions. He has a higher passer rating. Completion percentage might well, be only, around the same number. Only, we don't Sam know. Howell only has one interception. Are we going total turnovers? Jordan Love's at like 50% completion percentage. So. Yeah, 55. this dude is. And he what did he have versus the Falcons? Because it was 55% like versus the Bears. 56. He was 14-25, like, I think. He also threw for like 157 yards today or whatever it was. He's missing his two top weapons. And I think the big he thing is. here, Aaron Rodgers' first two starts, he completed 70% of his passes in 2008. But he also threw three, three touchdowns in each game. Can we not Love compare Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love? It's just unfair. I'm just pointing out what a successor did when he was 26 at their four-year start. I think it's I think it's fair, man. Come on. How about you respect these guys, man? I am respecting them. I've given praise and I've I've given the due diligence. Do we have any Let's bets? Let's just see up? Jordan Love against a I great don't team. Think we do. Yo, I'd say I had a bet. Oh, you're saying between No, we don't have that. bets. We, we did a lot last year. I placed some money on Mojo today and I won. Because that's what happens mm -hmm. when you Shout bet Mojo, man. on the Dolphins. We come correct. All right, sure, bro. Now, before we get off, some announcement we want to tell you guys. For one, everybody that donated a Super Chat, we appreciate you guys. We'll be doing this every single week on Sunday after the primetime game ends. But a big announcement is that next time we're recording is likely on Wednesday. 
and we will have a special guest. Austin Eckler will be joining the show. Sure. Barring sure. anything ha- comes up, you know, we're hoping nothing comes up, but we are supposed to have Austin Eckler on the show. So we'll be recording next time on Wednesday, just to let you guys know. Yes, sir. Well, we'll we will be live tomorrow. The fantasy reaction, the Joel right. Moran show. I don't know, going live, whatever, but new episodes, new content will be out Monday. Um, so go go and pick a sign, check it out. And look who's in the comment section. Mr. River Brown. Can this guy lock Never the fuck in? Bro pulled up right when we were leaving. Here we go. He knew he what he was doing. My goodness. Hey, you guys for chat for Riv. Make sure River you guys follow us on Twitter at Pick Aside Pod, on Instagram and TikTok at Pick Aside Podcast. Thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you next time.